So you should have gotten one of these, and there's three things in here. Uh, one of them is a card for one of our assets. This is somebody that Mountain View supports doing ministry somewhere other than this building. Uh, with 34% of our budget goes out to fund work that God is doing in other places. Some of it is like three miles away in the Jackson neighborhood. Some of it is thousands of miles away on the other side of the planet. Uh, but one of the ways that we get to respond at the end of today is by picking up one of these cards and adding these people to your prayer list and sticking it somewhere where you can see it. I've got a few in my Bible, so every Every morning, uh, I'm looking at them and I'm praying for them. Uh, also, you got this card, and this is our opportunity to jump in to what we're talking about today. We're talking about going and giving and praying. This is our Live the Mission weekend. This is where we're excited about the stuff that God is doing in places that we may never go, uh, but we have the opportunity to. Uh, and so it says, Live the Mission, a will to go. Uh, and so you can check a box to explore an option for a 2020 summer mission, uh, which is the, throughout the summer, some of us are going to be gone. I'm going to be in Kenya for part of the summer, and I'd love uh, for some of you to come with me. Not that some of you wouldn't want to be good, but we only got 10 spots on the team, and that'd be great to fill them with Sunnyside people. Uh, second is go on an equipping workshop, which is either a Friday night or Saturday morning, learning something uh, new about your relationship with God and how to bring that into your relationship with people. So that's the go option, the give option, uh, because everything costs money, and God pours into us for us to be able to be a conduit uh, of God's mission and God's money going other places. And so we're going to give today. Part of what we're, how we're going to end is taking a special offering that's going to go straight out of here, like straight out of Mountain View Sunnyside to other places in the world. You may never be there, but you can fund ministry there and be responsible for people meeting Jesus uh, because we're going to fund ministry that makes that happen. You can either give today or give by the end of March. There's options for there. Uh, and then there's the idea uh, of living the mission by praying and developing a heart for prayer for what God is doing globally. And so you can sign up to come to our Sunday morning prayer group group here that meets at 845 in one of the rooms. That way you can follow signs that will take you there. And that's well-led and loving and good and stuff. Uh, another one is a missions prayer meeting on Wednesday morning. Another one is a Friday local outreach meeting. Uh, and then again, like I said, you can pick up one of the cards and pray for people that we support as a church, that you support as a church. If you've ever given anything to ministry here at Mountain View Sunnyside, 34% of what you've given has gone out of here to fund work that God is going, that God is about uh, outside of this place. And that's a lot of our heartbeat about who we are. That's what we look at. Uh, we see the world and we see opportunities where we want to get involved, where God puts things on our heart, where God puts things in our hands. And it's our way to say, okay, God, I'm in. Like, we're going to fund stuff. We're going to send people. We're going to pray for stuff, even though that's totally not in our Jerusalem. Like, this isn't our uh, 20, this isn't our zip code, but God loves the world. And so we want a heart for the world. And so we look at stuff like this around live the mission, around caring for stuff globally. Uh, and it reminds me of something that happened on Leap Day uh, a few Leap Days ago. We got a picture of it. Media team will put that up. Uh, this is my daughter, Eden. All right. So she turned 12 yesterday or three yesterday. I remember at uh, Leap Day 2008. No, 2008. Yeah, uh, Anna woke me up. She was very pregnant by that point. Uh, woke me up and said, something doesn't feel right. Uh, so she went into the bathroom. I went in there with her. Uh, and she said, OK, my water broke. And this is at like 2 in the morning, because that's when all of my kids decided to come. They sleep well now. They didn't so much then. Uh, and so I thought, sweet, we're going to have a leap day, baby. And she thought, no, this is not good. I don't want a leap day baby. I want a baby that has a birthday every, like, every year. And I'm like, hey, let's be different. Let's be the weirdos. Uh, let's be the exception, where she's going to get her 
driver's license that says it expires on February 29th. And everybody's going to be like, this isn't real. Uh, her passport says it expires February 29th. And we haven't had any problems yet, but the Wall Street Journal article that came out yesterday said you probably will. So that immediately in my mind, I'm like, we're, you're going to have, not we're, there was no we in this. You're going to have this baby on February 29th. Let's get to the hospital, get out of the shower, let's go, uh, let's see this happen. And so my daughter was born in an empty hospital on February 29th, 2008. So for me, that weird day that happens once every 1,134 days or whatever, like that's significant to me. We've got a leap day baby. We've got a girl who's going to get her driver's license when she's four and loves that about herself. Like anytime we do oldest to youngest stuff in our house, she's like, I go last. I am three because now she's three. Before that, she was two uh, and, and she loves it. Like leap day for me, this day yesterday uh, is kind of, for most people, it's just this weird day. But for us, like it means something. And when God looks at the world, he doesn't just see weird parts and weird places and weird spellings and weird people, all this stuff. He sees something that he cares about. He sees his kids. Just like February 29th in our family and in our church family, because I talk about it all the time. Like that's a day that means something. God looks at the world and he says, this means something to me. And so for us as God followers, we get involved in this. If you're a Christian here, this is who we are. And if you're not a Christian, this is a good flashlight into who we are, how we exist, and what gets our hearts on fire, is that we see the world and we see the fact that we are assets living on mission in the will of God. Like this is God's plan to send you and me out to places, whether it's at home, whether it's far away, that we're going on a mission. Right now we're going through a book called Titus. It's a letter that an old pastor wrote to a young pastor in a geographically beautiful but morally bankrupt area. And he's teaching him how to live. He's teaching him how to stay inside of God's plan for him and God's plan for his church. And so we're going to look at that today. It's Titus 2.11. We're going to read one passage that will be on the screen and you can find it on your Bible or your app. But he starts this today. The old pastor is writing to the young pastor. He says, for the grace of God has been revealed. He's talking about Jesus right there. He's talking about Jesus who, who is an embodiment of God's grace. Grace means that we get better than we deserve. And so Jesus coming into the world to live among us is absolutely better than we deserve because Jesus came into the world to die for our sins, which means that he's bringing with us something really good. He's bringing with him something really good. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all, to all people. Salvation, that's the offer from Jesus to forgive our sins, past, present, future, known, unknown, accidents, 100% intentional sins of commission, things we did, things of omission, things that we didn't do. Jesus came into the world to forgive that sin of all of us. And when we ask Jesus, this is what I want you to do, we move from a place of spiritual death and eternal death to spiritual life and eternal life. We move from far from God to, we, to becoming children of God. We move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We move from the control of Satan to the control of God. It's, there's one point where Jesus is explaining how big this is and how joyful this is. He says, when this happens, we change from no party in heaven to a huge party in heaven because God is excited about the fact that people like you and me are saying, all right, I'm done. I have run my life into the ground in whatever way it has happened for you. I'm living by my own power. I'm living by my own, my, my own matrix of what's right and wrong, and I'm stepping into your way for my life. And there's a party in heaven. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people, and we are instructed. This is a big grace. 
It's a big salvation because it teaches us. God's grace has a purpose. It's like leap day has a purpose for us. It's got a purpose to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God looking forward. He's saying your lives now, because of what Jesus has done, moving into your darkness, taking you from death to life, now that grace is so big, it's going to teach you a new way to live because you're going to live this new way with purpose. You're going to live in an evil world looking toward eternity with God. You got to remember the guy who's reading this, the guy who's trying to make right from wrong is living in, a, in an island that has gone totally off the rails. It's the place they believed or they told people because it was okay to lie. So who knows if it was true that this is where Zeus was born. This is where Zeus died. This is like a big shrine to Zeus and Zeus, the Greek God, became a God because he was a man who would run around, lie to women and pregnant women and leave women. So this is like the DNA of their culture. And he's saying, I want you living here in this darkness because it's not going to stay dark. Your life has a purpose. Grace has been revealed. This is good things. You're going to live in this evil world looking forward to eternity with God. And so he continues, look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. One day Jesus is going to return. He came once. He was born like us. He lived like us. He died the same way that all of us are going to die one day. But then he was, rose, he was raised from the dead to demonstrate that Jesus' death had a purpose and demonstrate that God's glory, God's power is 100% revealed in Jesus as Jesus rose from the dead and walked out of his own grave. And one day he's coming back and he's not coming back in a secret like he did the first time. He's going to come back to make right everything in the world that has gone wrong and to bring his followers into his new kingdom. And that means that for people who on that day don't know Jesus, that their opportunity to meet Jesus is sadly over. It's not a verse that we look at as Christians and say, yes, we're going to win. It's a verse that, that for me, I read with tears in my eyes. I read with a broken heart because we don't live in a world where everybody knows Jesus. That's just reality. Like that's, that's where we are. We are living in an evil world where we want people to know Jesus. There's 150,000 people who are going to die today. Hopefully, we don't know any of them, all right? There's 150,000 people that are going to die today, and 45,000 of those people have never heard about Jesus. That's 1,875 people who are going to die before the service is over that don't know Jesus. That's sad. That's tragic. And they don't know him because they've never even heard about him. There, there's 6,200 6, people groups, so little distinct communities of people living in the world that have no access to Christians. They've got no access to anyone who is ever going to tell them about who Jesus is, about God's love for them, about forgiveness that is available only in Jesus. On top of that, there are places where Christianity is oppressed. There are places where it's difficult to stay alive and be a Christian. This is the biggest period in history of Christians being killed for their faith. It wasn't in the early church when you read about it in the book of Acts. It wasn't like after the Crusades or anything like that. It's now where more Christians are dying ever, ever before than ever before because they're not afraid to die to the point that they're going to renounce their faith, which means that today 480 Christians are going to be killed because they worship Jesus. Which means, again, that during the service, 20 of our brothers and sisters from around the world are going to go be with Jesus because they're killed for their faith. 
And so we read these things and say, look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. And I see that as this is a moment for us to move. This is a moment for us to go. It's not a moment for us just to sit back and say, hey, I'm glad that's not me. But instead to say, open up our hands and say, okay, God, what can I do? What can I do? And I think in moments like this, it's really easy to just like look at the farthest out there, most extreme option and say, that's not me. It's not me to go to a place where, where I could be killed in my faith. I don't know Arabic. I'm not going to go live in the Arab world and exist in a Muslim society like Carlos talked about up here last week. Like, like that's, not, that's not me. What can I do? How do I step into this? For all of us, our hope is put into action as we go give and pray. So there's a guy who lived a couple hundred years ago. His name is Andrew. Uh, he was a normal guy like us. He's got a job. He's got a home. Got a family. Really likes all those things. Uh, he's, he feels it in his heart, man. I have to, I want to do something to, to advance the cause of people coming to know Jesus. I want to do something, but I don't know what. And so he launches this organization out of his house where back hundreds of years ago, before there's iMessages, before you can just send a WhatsApp message and loop in 30 assets from around the world who are doing good things for Jesus, he starts writing letters to missionaries and starts corresponding and praying for people and supporting people that are doing difficult gospel work in places where Christianity is difficult. And one of them comes back. And his name is William Carey. Uh, and they're having a conversation. And William Carey is, is involved in India. He's bringing the church to India. There's nobody else doing anything there. As a guy in England, they know very little about what's going on in India at this point. And he says something for us today. He says something for us to get our heads around. And it's kind of like this, okay? This is a rope, all right? This is where we get involved. This is our moment to say, okay, I'm in. I might not move to Uzbekistan, but this is how I get in. And so William Carey, the guy who's going into India, says to Andrew, uh, Andrew Fuller, he says, yes, I will descend into the pit of India, this dark place that nobody knows anything about. Now we know a lot about it, but back then they knew nothing. I will go into the pit if you hold the rope. I'll go in if you hold the rope. It's a perfect image for us because for us, if we're going to stay here, if we're going to live here, we're going to hold the rope as other people go into ministry. We're going to hold the rope as we look for opportunities for all of us to go into ministry, for all of us to take the good news of Jesus to everywhere, where we work, where we play, where we do life, all those things. And as we go, we put the rope to use. As we go, we put the rope to use. Because for all of us, in reality, we're all assets living on mission within the will of God, which means that as you go to school, as you go to work, you're going, bringing the good news of who Jesus is just because you're a Christian. You're going for that. We also have seasons of intentional going to specific places. We all go every day, but there are moments where we go to specific places. This summer, I'm leading a ministry team of 10 people to, to Kenya. Currently, there's six, which means it's time for us to grow. Uh, Jay Valencia and I are the only guys on the trip, which means it's two guys, four girls, if you're good at math. Here's the issue. We're going to a society where polygamy, so one man, one man with muchos wives, uh, is still a thing. And for Jay and I to show up with a van load of women doesn't look good. All right? So we've got opportunities, specific opportunities to go to specific places. And if you're a guy, I'm encouraging you this summer to look at the end of July, beginning of August, and come to Kenya with us. 
step into this. This is how we put our hope into action, and going uses the rope. This is one of the areas where we can sign up at the end, and you can mark that thing on the front and say, I'm interested in a 2020 mission trip. Kenya is not your thing. We're going to a few places in Europe, some places in Asia, some places here stateside, but our way of saying, hey, I'm in. I want to go. We go every day as you go to work, but there are also some opportunities that we have uh, to go to specific places, some of them that we would never go otherwise. Going uses the rope. Giving supplies the rope. So we go and we give. Giving supplies the rope. Because what giving does is we give to what God is doing globally. Giving is securing the asset. Media team has a picture of what this doesn't look like, all right? If we don't give, people can't go. But if we give, we bring security to ministry work that's happening because that, with no rope, doesn't look very secure. Part of the reason that we give is that people have one less thing to worry about. Part of the reason that we give is so that people can dedicate their time, their energy, their prayers uh, to not how am I going to sleep inside, how am I going to eat food, but we provide those needs for people. You provide those needs for people. If you give here at any point at Mountain View Sunnyside, you provide those needs because we're giving people a rope. We're stabilizing ministry in difficult places. We also give because giving changes us. Jesus says at one point, and we all know this in our hearts, we reflect this in myriad ways, but Jesus says where your treasure is, so what you give towards, that's where your heart also is. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be, and we know that money follows our heart. We also know that our heart follows where we spend our money. And so as we invest in what God is doing globally, as we give out of what God has given to us, the places that we may never go, we may never physically go with, our, with ourselves, our heart goes there. Because our heart is tied to what's going on locally, nationally, and globally as we give to fund the Great Commission. And you know, with money, it's different. For some of you, it could be a lot easier for you to jump up, hop in a plane, spend two weeks on the other side of the planet. But for you, with money, it's just different. So giving, what it does is it breaks the power of greed in our lives. We get used to giving stuff away. We worship a generous God. God loves generosity. He loves a cheerful giver. And as we live our lives open-handed with God in every way, even within our finances, our hearts become more and more like Jesus's. So giving supplies the rope and it breaks greed in our lives. Going uses the rope. Giving supplies is the rope. And praying holds the rope. It says, I'll descend into the pit if you hold the rope. Prayer secures the rope. You know, prayer takes time. It costs us the, the reminding us, and it also costs us uh, peace when we hear about things that are going on in areas that we're praying for. Last time we were in Africa, there, there's an area that we visit every time we're there. Uh, it's kind of the remote part of, uh, of the city. Like, it's not Nairobi. It has many, millions and millions of people. It's an area that has lots of people who know nothing about Jesus. And so we've been active planting churches there for 15 years. And if you've given anything here at Mountain View Sunnyside over the last 15 years, you've been part of planting churches in an area that's largely forgotten about in Kenya. So we were there uh, doing ministry. It was cool. I got to preach in a building that I helped build back in 2006. Uh, and so we came back down and, and we were supposed to meet with somebody back in the city and they said that I've got to go because there was a shooting up on Mount Elgon, this area that's difficult, this area is forgotten about Kenya in Kenya. And there's a shooting around people that, that around churches that we support. There's nobody that we actually support, but that's our community. 
And so this area on the other side of the planet, the most of us would never have any reason to care about, suddenly we care about because we're invested there, because our prayers have gone there, because our prayers have supported assets that we are funding for them to do ministry. And some of their faces and names are on cards that you're going to pick up. And so all of a sudden, the shooting on Mount Algon matters where the other, like, I don't know, 38 years of my life is just stuff that happens and you don't think about. But praying secures the rope. It takes our hearts there. It changes our hearts. It pushes us there. And it protects and empowers those that we're praying for. I'll descend into the pit if you hold the rope. The only way that it's happening is if we hold the rope. So nobody can, nothing happens if we don't go. Nobody can go if we don't give. And people shouldn't go if we don't pray. That's why we go. That's why we give. That's why we pray. That's why this is such a big thing for us. And the result of going, giving, and praying is that we're changed and the world is changed as people meet Jesus. That verse, it ends like this. He says, he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Man, that's the blessing that we have in going and giving and praying is that we're investing financially, we're investing spiritually, we're investing time as we go and show up at places on the other side of the planet to tell people about the God who loves them, the Jesus who died for them, the Holy Spirit that's gonna live inside of them and change them. We're changed and people are changed because they find forgiveness from Jesus. They find freedom from sin. I said last week that, that wherever the Bible hasn't gone, wherever the good news of Jesus hasn't gone yet, women's lives are worse. So as the gospel, as the good news about Jesus goes into places, women's lives get better, which means that if we're going into places where, where the Bible isn't already, where churches aren't already going, where men aren't being challenged already to love your wife better than you love yourself, to don't treat her like property, that means that there's an incredible amount of freedom that people are having as they hear about Jesus and lives are improved. That as they hear about Jesus and men realizing the way that they treat people is sin, they need to change. They find freedom. Their wives find freedom. Their kids find freedom. And that's a result of us going, giving, and praying. Is that in the Arab world, people are meeting Jesus and lives are being changed. In Southeast Asia, people are meeting Jesus and lives are being changed. In Utah and Colorado, where we're sending, where we're sending teams this year right into the heart of Mormon country and in secularism in Colorado, lives are being changed. This is the joy that we have as a church to invest the lives that we have, the money that we have, the time that we have, the heart space that we have to see people meet Jesus. It happens in Germany, it happens in Lithuania, it happens in places where we get to be part of sending teams this year. Lives get changed, the people that we may never meet until heaven, and also we change. The lives of people that we see in the mirror every single day are changed. Because God takes our heart for the world, and he matches it with his heart for the world. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in us to make us more like God. And so we become more like Jesus as we go, as we give, as we pray, as we model what he's done for us. So we're going to close in a bunch of different ways. One of them is uh, you've got that Go Give Pray card. Uh, we've got two wood boxes up here. This is our moment to drop in our offering or drop in I'm going somewhere. This is the prayer meeting I want to be part of this year. If you didn't come prepared to give this year or this today, that's no problem. Just mark I will give this much by the end of March. Uh, you put it in there, and then uh, just remember to give by the end of March. Set a reminder before you leave your chair. 
We're also taking communion. Communion is because it's us. It's our way of identifying what Jesus has done for us to bring us into relationship with God, that our sins are forgiven and we are part of his family because of what he did for us. Communion reminds us of that, and it's our way of identifying that Jesus did that for every person on the planet, regardless of what language they're taking communion, and this is part of who we are. You can also pick up your asset card, come to the front and pray for them, and then go back and put it somewhere where you're going to see it all the time. And then lastly, what we have up here are a bunch of little pieces of rope. This is our reminder for us to put it on your stick shift, put it somewhere where you're going to see it. And this is your job to hold the rope. Where are you using your rope to go? How are you supplying your rope as you give for things? How are you holding the rope as people are going and you're praying for them? This is our reminder that, that we're assets living on mission within the will of God to go, to give, to pray, to let our lives be a conduit of what Jesus wants to do through us to change the world.